you look like you just need like 15 more seconds to hack into the mainframe you know what I mean like I'm in <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> don't worry guys oh wait I'm in what <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, well, we should start off. Welcome to Film Topology. I'm Tyler. And that's Adam. So, <laughs> what, what was your Christmas like? How was it? Oh, don't ask that question. <laughs> Just oh, talk no. about the gifts. Because it wasn't... <laughs> I feel like I have to be honest. And it's really sad. <laughs> It's really sad. Oh no! I yeah, it was good, but I had something sad happen, and it's still yeah. I see. This uh, is this is this what you've already told me about your yeah your yeah that happened on Christmas okay. Day. Oh my god, that's insane. Yeah, I, uh, I like Facetimed wow. him, and he was just in the hospital bed. So that's pretty. Jesus, sad. can I? You don't have to talk about it, but I, 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 I just, no, I, I can't lie. I'm very curious as to exactly what happened because you just told me the injury, the injury that he sustained, and not exactly the story behind it. No, I don't really uh, know the story behind it. I just know he had surgery on his eye before, and right now he's got blood in the back of his eye and he can't see. Oh man, that's scary. Yeah, he's got an uh, appointment on January fourth. Jesus. That's that's terrifying. Um, on the bright side, I got this for Christmas. Uh, that's what I do. I drink and I know things. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I like that. That's good. It's uh, from Game of Thrones, Tyrion. Yeah. Say that again? Who? Did I add like a, a flourish to it that it was unnecessary? I, Tyrion? Tyrion? Tyrion. Tyrion. Just Tyrion. Yeah. Tyrion. I don't know why. I said Tyrion. Tyrion of House Lannister. Coincidentally. Shout outs, uh, shout outs to Game of Thrones. You were awesome except for your last season. Don't let anyone tell you different. Shout outs to House of Dragons. I haven't seen you, but I heard you were super awesome and I'm going to watch you at some point. Okay, sorry. Basically, I didn't really even see the last season of Game of Thrones. Good. You saved yourself. For me. <laughs> That's what I understand. Yeah. No, absolutely. Don't um, watch it. It's it'll yeah. just piss you off. There's like one or two episodes I think that are actually good, but it's like, is it even worth it for like all the whole season just getting like punched in the fucking face by the writers? Probably not. That's that, so rude. <sighs> That's such a letdown. Yeah, no, I I I understand what happened. Yeah. The writers yeah, just wanted to do a new project, and they was like, "Yeah, we're wrapping this shit up." And they had they basically wrapped up like two books in one fucking season, which is absurd given their normal pace of like a half a book to a book per season. So yeah, that was Basing my issues. understanding was that those books were not even yeah they're not like released. basically they 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 got ahead of the book 
Yeah, yeah. George R. R. Martin did give them the like rough outline of like major plot points, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, fair enough. It's pretty close to like what's supposed to be the intended ending, from my understanding. It's just poorly executed because pacing's dog shit. Mm. Fair enough. Because I yeah. did see the first, I did see the first seven seasons, and it was good. That's a very crazy, engaging show. Yeah, yeah, up yeah. Until yeah. the last season. Um, while we're on the subject, though, shout out to Peter Dinklage. Uh, he's an angry elf. What it ties into our Christmas? ties into our christmas thing. yeah but i don't understand do you not understand that are have, we just saying a... are, are no i just so let me be clear are we referencing a movie or are we just picking on him because of his uh height no no we're referencing a movie okay what's the movie elf oh can i be real yeah never fucking watched that movie what yeah never you've never seen elf never That movie's awesome, man. I I mean, I think I love that movie. I think that movie's fucking genius. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not a slight. To I lo- it. There's just too many fucking movies in the world, and you can't see them all. So it's like I'll That's maybe fair. get to it at some point. That's fair. You know what? We'll we'll save that. I have uh for my presentation. Sorry, I got like an ingrown hair or something there. For my <laughs> presentation, I'll I'll probably I'll be touching lightly on that movie. Um, oh, Peter spoilers. Dinkins. Peter Dinklage does make an appearance as as a uh, prominent author and writer businessman who is mistaken for an elf. Great actor by by the main character, amazing actor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Love that guy. He's one of my favorite uh, scenes ever. Which one? It's in Game of Thrones where he's on trial and he gives like a little bit of a monologue. Um. Oh, and he eventually gets to the trial by combat, but it's like this whole monologue and like I don't know, it's just perfect. It's everything I loved about the character of Tyrion and like one like very important plot piece and perfectly acted. Uh, it's just Chef's kiss. Although I mean, he's obviously great throughout, but that scene really sticks out in my mind. I remember that's see i can't even say that i remember watching that scene and i vaguely remember because like he gets trial by by combat and has someone else fight in his place yes prince oberon of house martell oh man my favorite character fucking fuck that guy i guess don't do that martell okay Um, i thought you were doing what i thought you were doing was the yeah, that shit made me so sad, bro. <laughs> like a, a gang sign, or oh, hold on. Okay, spoiler alert. If this ever gets, if this gets on, um, yeah, Prince Oberon gets his uh head busted the fuck open by the mountain. So I thought you were signaling when you brought up Prince Martel that like he got his head like split open like a race. oh like this. No, that was supposed to be in an M. Yeah, I yeah. But it lo- it just it looks like I meant to make a heart, but left the bottom open. 
Yeah. So we're uh, 11 and a half minutes in, and we still have not even started. To, yeah, I mean, we um, can kind of start whenever, right? Because. I mean, we kind of already did. Yeah, yeah but we like, I'm just saying, we can edit. We've always, we, we can fix it in post. Yeah. You say this, we. You, you mean me. Yeah, yeah, we can fix it in post. That's what? The uh, well, I'm uh, so back into it. Uh, I am very sorry. To back at it again. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> back at it again with the jokes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's cool. It's it's yeah. it sucks, but like, just gotta let the medical experts do what they can and hope for the best. You know. Yep. Fair enough. Um. So is that the only thing you got for Christmas, or is that just your favorite thing you got for Christmas? Uh, it's not the only thing I got. I got a Lord of the Rings cookbook. That's cool. Cowboy Bebop blanket. Word. That's dope. Uh, Samurai Shampoo shirt. Carolina. Samurai Shampoo. It's an anime. Okay. Fair enough. It's really sick. It's really good. It's super short, so it's something I highly recommend to, like... Actually, do you watch anime at all? Or, like, like now? Uh, I, nowadays, no. I never watch. Like, the, literally the only anime I, I watch uh, nowadays is, like, Avatar. And that's not really anime. Eh, it's anime-inspired. It's close enough. Yeah. Um... No, I, I mean, even so, the, the most the anime I was only really ever into were, like, a select few, you know, like, Inuyasha kind of can dig I think you would like thing. Samurai Shampoo. I would throw that out really? there. It's only, like, 26 episodes. Fair enough. The, the only anime I was really into was Death Note. Um, I really enjoyed that one um, yeah. for its storytelling. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Samurai Shampoo, I'll check that out. Yeah, I highly recommend that in Cowboy Bebop. I've heard a lot about Cowboy Bebop. Shit, I've never, uh, never seen it. Yeah, you should. Um, that's some good. That's some good viewing right there. I tell you what. I heard. I heard it. Uh, they they came out with a live action movie starring they, John Cho. No, it was a series. It, it was a series starring yeah. John Cho. I like John Cho. I don't. Yeah, he was great. I did I, again. I didn't watch it. I, I heard. No, it was great. Very. It was. It well, good. hold on. John was great. Um, fuck. I feel so bad. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared for Cowboy Bebop live action talk. But the guy who plays Jet Black is also really, really good. And um, it's just like, okay, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> but like, are you, are it, you sure? It, it misses the mark on a few things. But it there are certain moments. I have a love-hate relationship with the live action just because of my pure love for the original material. There are some moments I get fucking chills and I'm like, oh, yes. Like, they they fucking nailed this shit. And then there's other times where it's like, hmm. It's not bad. It's just like, eh. It's a little cheesy, but like that's fucking Cowboy Bebop, so whatever. But like, fair enough. Yeah, live action. I give it if I had to like fast grade it um, out of a 
uh, let's do a 10 point scale. I do like 7.2. 7.2. Fair enough. Respectable. That's not bad. Yeah, That's yeah. a little better than average, I would say, or about average. But like, are, are we talking I'm, about? <laughs> I'm biased though because of the. I don't know. Okay. That's fair. That's a good point. I've I I have plenty. I mean, yeah, same here. Plenty of uh, adaptions, remakes, things like that, where I enjoy because I'm a fan of the original. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about those things before. Back a few episodes ago, we you know I gave my review of Halloween Ends. And I was yeah, like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the greatest movie I've seen all year. What do you mean? Yep. It was okay. Um, I enjoyed it because I'm a fan of the original. But yeah. uh, So, I mean, we're I talking like, about Christmas movies here, okay? Real quick. Yeah. Honestly, I, am, no, let's, I start... Don't talk about rip- purely on quality. Just blanket question. Favorite Christmas movie. Just don't um, worry about quality. It doesn't have to be the best Christmas movie. What is your personal favorite Christmas movie? Um, first one that comes to mind is just mm-hmm. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's mm-hmm. the one I watch the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I, I, I'm sure I watched it at least ten times last month. Um, Dang. <laughs> For me, yeah. um, and it's it's totally. It's totally just like um, kind of a a thing just from my childhood that I watched a lot. Nostalgic, sure. Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Yo, I I love that movie so much. <laughs> it's it's so... Turbo Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wanted a Turbo Man so fucking bad after that movie, dude. <laughs> Right, it's got Anakin Skywalker in it. Like, does it actually? Oh my god, I can't believe I missed. Yeah, it. the kid. Oh my god, what the fuck? That's How him. did I not know that? Many times I've watched the stupid fucking movie. Holy That's shit! That's Annie Adam. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, That's wow. Were you just yep. too mesmerized by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad yeah, yeah, yeah. to notice? Real, like, that, I mean, to be fair, those are two <laughs> massive personalities. It's pretty easy to overshadow. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. They were great in that movie. Dang. They were. Okay, yeah. cool. So, yeah. I guess yeah. that's a nice little segue into the movie. Well, <laughs> we're talking about a movie, but we're also talking about the history of a filming technique. Uh, which is um, stop motion and the film in question is a little film probably not a lot of people have heard it pretty you know underground uh the nightmare before christmas huh yeah yeah i no think one... i've yeah i think i may have i don't even know seen that in a hot topic or something <laughs> maybe yeah like jack pumpkin 10 or something like that i don't know yeah jack Pumpkinhead. That was... <laughs> yo okay so before we like really get into this let me just tell yeah. you something i lived so long thinking 
that it was directed by Tim Burton. Yo, what? <laughs> I I feel really bad. It wasn't until I was like doing research. Shitty? Yeah, I feel up? I feel awful. I feel so bad. Yeah. I was so convinced that it was Tim Burton who directed this movie. I yeah. I just knew it. It was a fact in my brain. And I did research and <laughs> I feel so bad. I, I, I don't even know if I'm gonna pronounce this right. Henry Selick, I believe, is how you pronounce his name, was the actual director of the film. Henry Selick. So uh, what other projects has he <laughs> Wow, I actually have notes on that. I was just about to get into that. Wow. Perfect segue. <laughs> Henry right Selleck on. also directed a uh, few films. Uh, mostly, he actually he had like uh, I don't I didn't list all of his films because I didn't know all of them. But from what I understand, like the bulk of his films were all stop motion films, and the okay. uh, the biggest ones was uh, James and the Giant Peach and Coraline. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James and the Giant Peach. Uh, a lot. Of, I mean, a, a lot of people still talk about Coraline to this day oh, yeah. for being yeah, yeah, being yeah. a kids' movie, but being so fucking dark. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, both of those movies come up in another capacity, like later on. But yeah, like really, okay. Um, we'll talk about them then. Well, not just, not too in depth. Just sorry, but yeah. And you know, uh, I don't, I don't have, I don't have much to say about them other than James and the Giant Peach is one I remember a lot from when I was a kid, and I feel like no one talks about that one anymore at all. I feel like yeah. that's a very forgotten film. I would have to agree there. I would have to agree there. Let's uh, one, I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I do have a question, and if you want to save this, save your answer to this until you get to that particular project, yeah, yeah. you can. But I want to know what is your fav- favorite holiday claymation movie, and it can be Halloween or Christmas. It's between two. Um, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, <laughs> with the uh, I think it's Rankin. Is it Bass? Bass? I don't fucking know. Um, I think it's Bass, but... Rankin Bass, like that whole slew of films, which (laughs) actually, uh, I got my girlfriend their whole collection for Christmas. That's one thing I got for Christmas. Oh, that's Um, awesome. But, yeah. I wish I I was your girlfriend. That's dope. (laughs) I don't, but that's okay. Uh, (laughs) And, um... Am I not pretty, Adam? Is that why? Yes. That's the Why'd you say that? Because it's the Why'd truth. Why'd you say that to me? The truth hurts. Anywho, Fine, keep going. The second movie, Frank and Weenie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really love that movie so much. <laughs> right on. Which is, uh, I, I dig that. Spoiler alert, you know, it kind of cuts into a part later on. It's totally influenced by Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, really? I couldn't. Couldn't tell. I know. Couldn't Not a lot tell. of people. See, mean? I have a really good eye for stuff like that. So, you know, it's... You know. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's impressive, man. Right on. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's... So I'm going to kind of talk about the significance of The Nightmare Before Christmas and then 
just kind of go into the history of stop motion. There's so much information. I'm going to try and present it the best way I can. And I'm, oh my God. Also, this is a disclaimer. I am going to butcher some fucking names. There's some, like, a lot of European people that are involved in the, like, initial, um, the initial research, or not resurgence, the initial, like, life of stop motion is propagated by mostly Europeans, and they have un, I just can't, my brain, my stupid American brain cannot comprehend their fucking names. So I apologize because I want to give them their flowers, but I'm going to fucking annihilate their names, and I'm so, so sorry. Anyway, just want to get that disclaimer before I push forward. Sure. So, Nightmare Before Christmas, specifically where it came out in history, the reason why it's so important is because at the time, stop motion was a dying breed. It was considered um, too much work for the product when visual effects was slowly taking over. It's sure. like, why go through the trouble of doing stop motion when we can do visual effects? And The Nightmare Before Christmas was a great example of how with a lot of attention to detail and like really kind of maximizing the technique, how you can still make a really fucking like great, enjoyable film that's uh, I think celebrated even today. Like, yeah. my girlfriend has a shit ton of Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Like, <laughs> in, in, in every hot topic, I still fucking got. Like, <laughs> so like, at the time in the early '90s, um, it was like kind of frowned upon to even use the technique at all. So like, it was a really risky endeavor to even engage in um, using a whole film based on that when the world was moving away from it. So, yeah. uh-oh, <laughs> took me to the bottom of the, my notes. That, um, I guess, let me make sure I didn't miss anything. This might be a, a two-parter, because uh, that's like the movie to keep stop-motion animation alive, and I think the movie that actually killed stop motion animation was Jurassic Park. Mm! Yo, I talk about that a little bit, a little bit. Do you? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jurassic Park was like a pretty because of. Sorry, no, fuck that. We we talk about that so much far later. All right, I told you this is a two parter. Part two is going to be Jurassic Park. This is a Christmas slash Jurassic Park two-part episode so let's 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 go back okay we've been saying the word stop motion a shit ton and like let's let's actually define that before we go forward okay so stop motion is an animated film making technique in which objects are physically manipulated in small increments between individual frames so it appears that it's in motion so it's like huh take a shot take a shot take a shot although it's even I feel like it's even smaller than that so like it's a really cool technique it does have a little bit of a like herky jerky feel if not super smooth like a lot of the old ranking 
uh, base or bot bass films or whatever. Like they do kind of have a herky jerky feeling, but like it, honestly, like that that ha- kind of has a charm to it, really. Um, and it's it's considered, yo, I I can't. It's considered one of the oldest filmmaking techniques we have at our disposal. I think it's like the fucking oldest. Like I don't I don't even know when film started, and like I should totally know that. But like, if we're going from the beginning, the start of stop motion, we are talking about nine. Oh, <laughs> excuse me. Let me. Uh, eighteen ninety eight is actually where we we begin. <laughs> which is i think kind of funny i is a little detail yeah. i thought 95 years apart from when the nightmare before christmas came out jesus oh yeah yeah the it was like a short film short animated film called the humpty dumpty circus which was an animated film showing the day and life in a toy circus there uh there's a little bit of wait hold on boop 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 Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I haven't seen these notes in so long. Okay. Sorry. There is a little bit of controversy about when stop motion was discovered, but we can confirm that this is the first commercial release of a stop motion film. Uh, today, this really bummed me out, dude. It's like... I didn't even know this was a thing, and it's like kind of obvious that it would be a thing, but I just discovered a whole new concept called it, It's a Lost Film, and there are no surviving copies of it. There's, oh, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. that sucks. So, like, you know, with, with, you know, that was in the 18, well, 1898, but with, like, advances in technology, I don't really see that as a problem moving forward. I... Yeah, I just really don't see that as a problem moving forward. And I kind of view that as like both a blessing and a curse because you get that we'll keep around masterpieces like, uh, and I, I, sorry, I have to plug this. I feel like I have to, everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, it's so nice that that's just going to, I feel like be, as long as humanity is around and there's not like some apocalypse like level event, extinction level event. Uh, yeah, like that's just you know forever, like with us because of technology, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and but see, but the, like... the curse is okay, it's a double edged sword because it also means absolute dog shit movies like movie 43 will live on as well. Yeah, that movie sucks, dude. <laughs> That I know how you feel. And oh, hold on, let me check my notes. Actually, the thought of that movie gives me eternal anguish. Yeah, that's what did I you, said. I really, yeah, that's real. Did you put that in your notes just so you could? I, I can send you my you notes. I absolutely did that, <laughs> and to like <laughs> give away everything. <laughs> I like set it up like that on purpose just so I could say, <laughs> let me check my notes. Yeah. The thought of that movie gives me internal anguish because I really wanted to push that. I want to push that. So that's that's because, not you ad libbing. That's you reading verbatim. Yeah. 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 Your own word. Yeah. Because okay. that's how I feel about it. 
So you literally took the opportunity to not only plug everything everywhere at all, all at once. Yeah, to shit to on the absolute on abomination that is Movie 43. I swear to God, that movie <laughs> makes me so fucking mad. Okay. Okay. I like that. I enjoy that you that you included it in your script. Yeah. In yeah, your yeah. notes. I had to. I fucking you had took, to. You took time to yeah that movie actually like makes me want to commit violence all right right on okay <laughs> I, I, can I, I can understand that um so so yes we're gonna take uh but that oh. is that is oh no i'm sorry um yeah. you're on the 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 topic of lost films Mm-hmm. See, I picture it like it's the opposite. Like in the event of a some mass extinction apocalyptic event, like people from another galaxy will come to what remains of this planet, and will find movie forty three and say, uh, "This looks like a." Yo, if, that if that happened, they literally no, no, no. If that literally happened, <laughs> they would destroy the planet on principle. I feel like. On their Frieza shit? Yeah, no, like, like literally they say, this just, planet produced this, like, it actually deserves <laughs> destruction. I don't know how else to put it. Um, but I, I bring that up because there are a number of films from back in the, the you know, Genesis era of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, that being one of them, uh, I think some from the Lumiere brothers, or uh, there are no surviving copies. I know uh, quite famously a filmmaker by the name of George Milius. He's the guy that did the original science fiction movie uh, Trip to the Moon mm-hmm. in like 1918, maybe before then. I'm, I don't quite remember. Um, but uh, yeah, that dude was out there. Um, and you can actually see him in the Martin Scorsese film Hugo. What's um, that? Yeah, he gets uh, a little nod and a little cameo. Um, quite famously, he actually, at one point in his career, gathered all his films in his warehouse mm-hmm. and set them on fire. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what That's his thinking was, of course. Huh. But, um, yeah, so a lot of his films are uh, the same thing. There are no surviving I- copies. That's bold. I don't understand the purpose, but I'm sure he had a reason for it. Honestly, I I feel like he was like an auteur filmmaker and was like, nobody really understands my work. It could be that. Drinking heavy one night and just goes, fuck it, fuck it all, burn it all, man. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's so funny you kind of went on that little aside because I also went on a little aside and during my research. Once I was... I didn't even know the concept of a lost film was a thing. And then it yeah. kind of made me <laughs> went a little bit down a rabbit hole. There was, so I did, I did a whole lot of research, but like there was like three movies that I just wanted to, I thought was interesting. I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention because I thought they were really funny or they, they, they were interesting. Some are funny, some are not. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So with that said, the first one I found was in 1967 and the, <laughs> I'm such a nerd. The only reason why I liked it because it had the best title ever, and I I would I would do so much like make this happen. You know, if we can get like Christopher Nolan, or if we can get um oh my god, 
Um, Matt Reeves. Is that the one who did the Batman? Yeah, it's Matt Reeves. Get Matt Reeves on this stat, okay? But anyway, okay. Uh, the movie was called Batman Fights Dracula. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so there are no surviving copies of this? There's no surviving copies! I, I'm so sad. It, it literally pains my heart, okay? I'm not gonna lie. That sounds like an, an, a really fun, uh, separate podcast we should do on just lost movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be down. I'll be um, down for that. Um, another one. Back to this one. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another one was called him, and I, <laughs> okay, I find that funny, just because. I don't know if you're aware within the uh, young hip lingo nowadays, but um, uh-huh. a, a common phrase is "I'm him." You know, like "I'm him." Have you heard of? Have you never heard this? Are the kids saying this now? Yeah, I yeah. yeah. I'm him. Yeah, I'm him. Don't mess with me. I'm him. Like, oh, like, is that is that like the new slang for like "I am the one" or whatever? Of, like, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. be messing with me. I'm him, cuz. You know, so anyway, <laughs> I found that culturally right. relevant to now, to like, I guess, language today. But then I found out the like synopsis of the movie and it like actually melted my brain. So hold up. Can I, can oh. I? Yeah, yeah. My first impression when I hear that is it stars Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. who falls in love with an AI. That's played made by what, Joaquin Phoenix. Voiced <laughs> by Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I can see that. That was actually a similar thought I had. But, yes. this came out well before that. I think the last lost film on record from my research was in the 80s. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> okay. So, it was, okay. Him was a gay porno film about a man who develops an erotic fixation with the life of Jesus Christ. I was... I was... I was like... Was just, I was Yo. like, I can't believe these collection of words came together. Like, I, was just, I just had to point it out. I <laughs> am actually really jealous that someone's already done that script. Because I, I wish somewhere down the line... I had thought of that and made that a fucking movie. I would. <laughs> the last one isn't as funny, yeah. but like, I think it, it. Okay, the last one was called, and I I just can't I just can't say it. Um, every n word is a star, and it was a film about a man's journey to return to his home of Jamaica. Where he meets like famous reggae bands of the time. And it's lost. However, the soundtrack has been preserved. And Kendrick Lamar actually sampled it on uh fuck, I can't remember the album, but he sampled uh parts of that soundtrack on his music. And also, I gotta plug this movie because I think it's really good. Highly recommend. I didn't know this. But the 2016 film Moonlight also featured 
parts of that soundtrack in a really film. Mm-hmm. that's interesting i yeah i did see that movie and it is a good movie i don't remember the soundtrack very well yeah yeah yeah. and i think i also don't remember it which is why it might have went by my radar but i just found that interesting that people took this lost film with you know about you know I'm actually not sure of the central themes of the movie because it's lost and it just I just got like a brief plot synopsis. Man's journey to return okay. home to Jamaica and he just meets famous reggae bands. But um yeah, I just found that interesting and I'm I'm just super I don't know, I I really love the idea of people taking art from the past and using it in some capacity in their own art. I, I don't know. It's just a little phenomenon that I find super exciting. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You mean so, like Transformers 5? Exactly. You get it. You understand what I'm talking about. All right. Now, let's get to where I start. Absolutely. This is the one I was actually most worried about when it comes to names. But let's go back to stop motion and no more on the lost film. Okay. Uh, okay. In the early 20th century, right, we're talking about like 1910-ish. Uh, uh, I want to give this guy's flowers. Okay. Okay. Um, fuck. Hold on. I'm going to... I feel so bad. I want to Google his name and see if I can fucking pronounce it. You just want to find the pronunciation. <laughs> I feel so bad. Because this guy's like pretty fucking important to stop motion um and i just i just ugh, fuck dude i don't want to fuck his name up okay sure i can oh my that. god how to pronounce okay how do i okay <laughs> oh, i just heard okay hold on is it worse when you like find the what? The is, okay, hold on, hold on. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm just gonna say his name once, and I'm I'm gonna try really hard, and then I'm just okay. I don't I don't know how to dress this guy. Okay, I'm just gonna dress him once, and then I'm just gonna okay. be like use pronouns from there on out. Okay, so I'm gonna okay. listen to this one more time. Okay. I can see you practicing. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a second, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wadiswa Sterich. Alright? Wadiswa Sterich. Okay? That's the guy. What did you just call me? Right? <laughs> okay. So, he was a major contributor to stop motion. And he was known as a creative artist who put an emphasis on world building. And me, just personally, um, world building is something, is an art form that I truly appreciate. And like, I I really think it's super important when it comes to storytelling. Um, His most notable films are Lucrenus, Service, The Tale of the Fox, and The Mascot. Another disclaimer, I have not seen any of those films, but according to the articles I've read, they're all classic works that are worth experiencing. And it's like, we're talking about stop motion work, 
back in the 1910s, you know. And so we kind of Jesus. fast forward like 10 years, about a decade, some changes later. And we kind of enter a territory where like me personally, I'm a little bit more familiar when it comes to stop motion. And we enter a guy who has a name, uh, a much more reasonable name. <laughs> and his name is Willis O'Brien. And he's considered kind of one of the most famous animators of all time. Uh, before I go into like what he's done, or, I'm just curious. Have you heard that name before? No. No. I I don't know for a fact, but I feel like you'll know uh, his work. Um, It's pretty iconic. If (laughs) it looks funny now, I feel like we look at like older technology and it like looks pretty funny now. But like his work on The Lost World in 1925 and King Kong in 1933 were mind-blowing for its time and a lot of people consider it like super realistic right at that time yeah we are uh kind of poisoned by like like crazy visual effects that we can produce now yeah but at that time there were that wasn't available and that was the best and like it legitimately like propelled uh, Willis to like superstardom and would like massively influence stop motion animators globally. Wow, sure. Just on the back of those two films, um, he had a career that spanned well over 30 years. Other career highlights include Mighty Joe Young. <laughs> I don't know. This It hurts my head, but it's like it's like funny, but it also kind of hurts my head. He also had a career long enough to do a The Lost World remake in 1960. And I just find that so funny. He like made it originally in 1925. And then 30 plus years later, he's a part of the remake. Um, but yeah, I, are you familiar with The Lost World cool. at all? I, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 initially I feel I like you've I was, seen images... I, I, I feel like you've seen images of the Lost World and you didn't know it. The Lost World had a lot of dinosaurs and stuff in it. Oh so like, shit! It's like a it's oh, like a I black and white film okay. with a bunch of dinosaurs and stuff. And like oh, when wow. I started okay. seeing images of about. it, I was like, "Oh shit! I've seen this before." Yeah, That's I didn't crazy. know if you. Had. I do know what you're I talking just, about. I just thought. I, mm-hmm. I, I, same thing. I I've. I don't think I've ever seen that movie in full. I don't even. No, think I haven't seen the film. I mean, I've, I've seen I've images seen of the remake. Film. I don't know. Right, the, exactly. Oh, there, there was um, one more film I forgot to bring up. I have not seen it, but apparently it was like super notable and it's like really good. So I just wanted to kind of put it out there. So I, <laughs> and I hate the title so much, but it's fine. The title is "It's a Mad, 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 Mad World." But apparently it's really good, so that's awesome. Okay, so I think that's what I think it's a few too many mads, but that's fine. I agree. So it's a little excessive. There are, man. There are other uh, animators 
between the like 30s, 40s, and 50s that kind of, they like more, I feel bad because I didn't put them in my notes, but like they more or less like kind of help create different like subgenres and like different techniques with stop motion, but they didn't make any like any like commercial big waves. We didn't really get any um, big stop motion like oh my gosh waves until the 1950s again it was really pivotal in the 1950s because at that time america was actually kind of absent in like using stop motion like on a on a like consistent basis most of the works of that time was mostly created by uh european countries Enter 1955, okay? The creation of the Gumby Show. Are you familiar with Gumby? Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. That was the first huge success in America. And that was kind of the point where America got way more involved in stop motion. Since then, stop motion has been a main fixture within American media. The show would go on for many years and be a doorway for many stop-motion animators in the industry. I hate saying that. Um, I'm going to be real, okay? I got I to gotta yeah. stop my uh, presentation to make one little statement, okay? Okay. I have no idea how this show was successful. And I am totally biased because the green fucking protagonist of the show gave me nightmares as a kid. I don't know why, but like legit. And sure. Yeah. I just wanted to make that clear. Do you are you a fan <laughs> of Gumpy? Do you like him? I, I don't know. He still scares no. me. No, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I've I don't think I've ever really seen an episode. I've seen clips. I know the character, but, like, he looks really weird, and the show seems pretty dull. Yeah, I agree. I haven't, I'll admit, I haven't given it much of a chance, because the, That's fair. the protagonist character literally scares the shit out of me, and I guess maybe I'm just a little bitch. I don't know. But the momentum that show uh, gave stop motion as a filming technique in the 1950s would peak in the 1970s and 80s and become one of the most utilized visual effects techniques, not only in film, which is, you know, what we talk about, but also commercials, actually. And I'm sure you can remember those. I'm sure you can remember, like, some stop ad. Sorry. Some cheesy. Stop ass motion animation. some, Some cheesy ass stop motion commercials from like the old days for me i remember those stupid fucking california raisins you remember those stupid commercials have you seen those before oh god california raisin commercials yeah i do remember that yeah so like you're a little bit older than i am to be fair i think you're about yeah you're like four years older than me i think i couldn't tell Um, say so (laughs) <laughs> so like so i i i think so because i was born in 96 
And by the time I was actually old enough to like watch things, it was the late '90s, and stop motion animation had pretty much died out, mm-hmm. except for yeah. you know the the main focus of your uh, yeah. presentation here, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, so really, like those like Tim Burton stuff and the holiday claymations were really the only stop motion animation uh, projects that I was exposed to. Yeah. Other than, other than whatever the fuck they were playing on, like MTV and shit. Like, do you remember Celebrity <laughs> Deathmatch? That was great. I love the shit out of that. <laughs> so, I need to just say, if you, anyone watching, this was like the early two thousands. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen were very big names. They were. And not many people knew that there was a third Olsen sister. This is when we began to hear that there was a third Olsen sister. And, like, she was just, like, some forgotten, like, stepchild or whatever. Is like, what the, the feeling yeah. we got. And now and she's so, Scarlet like, Witch and has way more money than all of her sisters. <laughs> correct. Uh, but there is an amazing episode of Celebrity Deathmatch, a claymated show where like if you haven't seen celebrity deathmatch i'm not going to explain it but like it's it's basically what it sounds like <laughs> but so like but with stop motion clay models but with stop motion clay models and like modeled after celebrities such as the olsen sisters or adam sandler or whoever and uh there was an episode with the olsen sisters fighting and then the deformed claymation model of the third Olsen sister who I don't even think they gave a name I think they literally just called her the third Olsen sister <laughs> shows up Jeez. to like and she looks like a zombie dude um that's all I'm gonna say about that go watch that episode if you haven't it's super fucked up I'm Consider- sure it's on YouTube somewhere. I'm sure it is but knowing what we know now that this is in fact the Scarlet Witch uh, that's a pretty good watch, but I don't mean I digress from your presentation. Please continue. <laughs> but yeah, so like in the seventies, that was sixties, seventies, late sixties, seventies. That was also the time. Well, I say let's okay, late sixties, seventies, and eighties is kind of like the twenty-five years of like the golden age of stop motion. Um, that's where uh, those. Rankin uh, Bass films Rankin Bass. Mm-hmm. were made. Uh, again, Rudolph was my favorite. They did a bunch of Rudolph movies, but I remember the initial one being my favorite. Jack Frost was a good one. They did. I did sh- like Jack Frost. A bunch of those Santa Claus films. There was like a Santa, a Santa Claus film where he was like a young adult. That was interesting. Um, yes, that was that was my favorite. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there was year without a Santa Claus. Uh, so I think Rudolph came out in 1969, mm-hmm. and then and then they're, and like they're all like an hour or a little less. They're like 50 minutes maybe, except for like except for Rudolph. So like there's Rudolph. Then there's Rudolph Shiny New Year, and then there's Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. That movie's mm-hmm. way too long, man. That movie is like an hour and a half. 
That oh, is wow. a, a full-length feature film <laughs> of, like, entirely claymation. And I'm, I'm like, it's... Yeah. Maybe that, I... Oh, man, like, that's it being, so funny. Yeah. You, you just brought up a pretty interesting point for Nightmare. But we'll get to that. Because we're really so close. I, okay, I'm going to... Yeah. Go ahead. No, what were you going to ask? Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna go into like the the difference where I I feel that Nightmare is a success in a way that the Rankin Bass films were not. Oh well, yeah, no, well, yeah, I can kind of outline the reason why that is. Because because <laughs> yeah. there's actually depth to the characters. Is that why? Like, it's a lot actually. But yeah, that's fair. I'm just saying the Rankin Bass movies were like they were for kids. Like there, there was no depth to any of the characters. Really, not any depth to the story itself, the plot. Um, it's pretty one dimensional. So, those films, I think. What also made this the golden that's age my opinion. was a use of stop motion, not as a complete medium for a film, but also in certain aspects of major blockbuster films. Um, I was not aware of this, but in the 80s, stop motion was even used in huge blockbusters such as Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. And I was like, where? So I feel like I have to rewatch them just to find that. That's right. Um, the like, I don't know what to call it, the fucking abominable snowman or whatever, the Yeti in the very beginning that like captures Luke. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think oh, wow. the uh, also the Tauntauns were stop motion. Dang! And yeah. then RoboCop. I don't. I've watched RoboCop a long time ago. I fucking have no idea what scene. But the use of like integration of like a live action movie and stop motion kind of blurred the line of reality. In the sense of like, oh wait, we can actually use stop motion in a way to kind of, in a live action setting, to like still, um, I guess, you know, it was it was good enough to where we can still keep like the realism of live action, but still use stop motion for like more um, creative scenes. Yeah. However, that brings us to Night Before Christmas and the nineties. And stop motion was starting to fall out of favor with developing technology. Okay. Handmade animation was quickly being replaced by visual effects for movies and commercials. And that brings us to the one who almost put the killing blow to stop motion. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park not only well no it's purely on the back of its like global success almost killed the like art form of stop motion um and what's crazy is they actually use a little bit of stop motion in development of that film but it's not truly recognized so what they use they use like metal puppets connected to a computer through wires to control the on-screen characters inside the computer, generated inside the computer. It was super expensive at the time, 
but it looked way smoother than like stop motion. I see. So it, it was like kind of like anima- animatronics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But but after, very advanced animatronics. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. To look more smoother rather than doing frame by frame stop motion. But sadly, after like the success of Jurassic Park, it really pushed like movies into a more visual effects plane, if that makes sense. And sure, um, yeah. If we're gonna be real, like by the inception or like by production of the Nightmare Before Christmas, stop motion was like dying. It was like on the way out, like obsolete at that point. It was close. What made that movie so special was a commitment to stop motion, the usage of like live action techniques that had not been used for stop motion. And honestly, just like a good story slash a lot of really cool songs that's made it a cultural like icon in terms of like films. So let's let's kind of break down some elements that kind of in terms of details and what like made it stand out. For one, it had an unrestricted camera, which in most stop motion films, you kind of ha- you have a static camera, okay, and you move the figures. Um, this is it. It's actually so crazy the idea that they like had a moving camera while also still doing like stop motion is actually so insane. Um, but they also created atmospheric elements like fog, fire, snow, and water, which is actually uncommon in a lot of stop-motion films. Um, I think from the research I did, though, that, like, the main the main element, it's, like, the main element they use to really distinguish it itself from other stop-motion films and kind of set it apart. And I don't think people talk about it at all. To be fair, I don't think it's super obvious to, like, I guess a common man. So that's is what it is but that was the like super attention to detail with lighting okay so up to this point before nightmare came out stop motion films would consistently only rely on high key soft lighting to showcase animation okay high key lighting I'm going to say some words. It's probably not going to make any sense, but I'm going to try my best to bring it all together. So high-key lighting kind of reduces the lighting ratio in the scene, meaning there's less contrast between darker tones and the bright, brighter areas. And it's usually associated with, like, upbeat, positive forms of media. This explains two things. It explains the association with stop motion, because generally speaking, like most stop motion media are very upbeat and positive, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> but it also explains why the creators of Nightmare wanted to kind of steer away from just this consistent high key lighting, because it would it would interrupt the tone they were trying to create, which was a lot darker, right? 
Yeah. I think if Nightmare used consistent high key lighting like its predecessors, it would have dulled the tone and it wouldn't have been the same movie. What the creators of Nightmare decided to do was take a more creative approach to lighting. And whatever was going on in the story would dictate the lighting used. There was a narrative reason for each lighting decision based on the scene. Sure. Another thing that I found interesting was to really push home how important lighting was, was... They used a lot of influences from black and white thrillers. And this was like an actual excerpt from one of the creators. He, I wish he would have gave some like films that they were influenced by. But they said they used a lot of black and white thrillers to emphasize the importance of lighting. They didn't want to rely on colors to um, create like separation. Uh, which is used mostly, they wanted to use hard light as like the main separator tool and use color as more of a way to like create certain emotional elements. And like, and to be clear, hard light is the quality of light that casts like harsh shadows, harsh and well-defined shadows. Mm -hmm. And then there's so many layers of like artistic, like, uh, expression they would use those shadows to create like different shots and whatnot and just looking back at the movie it's really interesting seeing how much work went into like lighting stress lighting right yeah it's so crazy um i'm gonna be real this is where this could have got really long um there was three specific sequence sequences where um, they use completely different lightings um, for each scenario. And um, I don't think I am equipped with the knowledge to properly uh, explain each scenario. But I I guess I just wanted to to explain that just to say, like, the attention to detail in lighting was so important to like, um, I guess, bring the most out of each specific story beat. And that attention detail, I think, is whether like the audience members aware or not, is like what makes each scene, I guess, stand out in the movie. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. And like the use of an active camera uh specifically the point of it was to create more drama with your shots and up until this point stop motion like just stayed they it just had a static camera generally speaking very rarely in stop motion up until this point had a camera that did any movement okay and i you know in the article that I was viewing, it, it kind of showed a few shots of it moving and stuff. And mm. I, I don't know. It's just, it's really crazy. Like, because when you, when you just stick to the static cameras, you leave a lot of, like, creative potential on the table. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah, yeah. for the, basically, the bulk of stop motion's history, that's what it relied on. 
And this was the first movie to really utilize a camera that wasn't just static. It could move around. It could create drama with its placement. And I think the attention to detail with lighting, and I fucking, I barely touched the surface on the lighting. There is so much information on the fucking lighting. Uh, and camera control in conjunction with the usage of stop motion and a simple but lovable story with a bunch of catchy songs, I think created a movie that is celebrated today. It gave stop motion a desperately needed, like, shot in the arm. And would go on to inspire movies like Corpse Bride, Coraline, Frankie Weenie, and James and the Giant Peach. Also, uh, Paranorman. Oh, yeah. Paranorman. That's a good one. So I'm going to be real with you, though. I'm going to come clean. I I watched Nightmare for the first time last year. Really? Oh my gosh! The only reason why I watched it was because my girlfriend forced me. Seriously? Yeah, it was great. I didn't. Yeah. I. It's just not a. It wasn't a movie on my radar. Wow. So I didn't think about that, it. That surprises me. Yeah. So I enjoyed it a lot, but yeah, I didn't even watch it until twenty twenty one. Crazy. So. Can, I know this was a year ago, but can you remember your first impressions? As you put it, last frame, credits roll, what are you thinking? I mean, it's going to seem kind of, I don't know. I was just like, yeah, that was an enjoyable experience. I didn't have nearly the grasp on like the attention to detail and the lighting and camera work. So when I, I watch it again, I think... I'll try and take note of that because I, I yeah. find that really fascinating how how meticulous they were with the lighting. That's there fair. So much information just about the lighting they used. Oh God! I also, I, fascinating. I missed one. Monster House. Yeah, 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 that was one. I didn't put that on the list, but I thought about it. I don't want to list too many movies. I thought four was. That's fair, and I'm sure there are more that I just can't think of at the moment um and i mm-hmm. but but yeah no i didn't i didn't realize that there was that much attention to detail that went in it um but i again that's i mean before you gave me this information even i could kind of draw that comparison between nightmare before christmas and those to come after it and the predecessors such as the rankin bass films it, it's they're very different uh, i mean it's incredibly yeah stark contrast between like i said earlier these one dimensional 50 minute films and i mean one dimensional in almost every capacity um in terms of lighting camera movement stories the characters um one one last detail i want to say yeah specifically on the color that was used I, I think I, I I was able to say that it was used primarily for emotional value, mm-hmm. but and this was by design. The color palette was extremely limited to pre- to preserve the tone of the film and to force 
the creators of the film to use lighting as like their primary usage of, um, I guess, creating a scene, not relying on color, but relying on lighting. That's interesting. They wanted to treat the film almost like a black and white film to force them to use lighting rather than color to like, um, I guess, create whatever they wanted for any scene. They pretended as if it was a black and white film. And I find that pretty fascinating. That's badass, man. Yeah, right? That's really cool. Um, Shit. Yeah. Uh, Damn. You blew my mind. I I didn't realize. Kind of wrap it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Without Nightmare, I'm not certain we would have as many stop motion pictures as we do now. And if we being if we're being real, it's not it's not a lot. So because that had like a crazy commercial success. Yeah. And it was I feel like it was needed to just keep stop motion somewhat relevant within the film world. And for me, I'm putting my values out there a little bit. I think diversity of different types of film is important to keep the art form that is filmmaking fresh. Mm-hmm. So while stop motion isn't like super prevalent and it's like in a bunch of films, I'm just happy it still exists as an art form to to just have more diversity in film. Yeah. And I I I think Nightmare played a big role in keeping it alive. And I'm happy. Yeah. So yeah. I like that. That's beautiful, man. I love that. Well, yeah, I love the movie. It's really nice. Yeah. It is I would agree. It's a beloved movie and uh it's very well executed. I, I did not realize how relevant it was until you put it in that perspective, but you're not wrong. It 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 saved stop motion animation. Just keeping it relevant within the films, I think, is super important. Yeah. So we can conti- um, continue that art form moving forward. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, shit. Um, okay. Well, uh, jump into the present section. Um, this is our Christmas special. Um, so I don't really have a present movie. I watched a lot of holiday movies this past month. Um, again, like I said, my favorite being National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I probably watched that one the most. And then after that, I probably watched um, Elf several times. I watched The Santa Claus several times. Um, and actually, I watched the, all the the major claymations a couple times also. Um wow. Yeah, okay. I do love the those claymations. Um, I did. Uh, I mean, I watched Year Without a Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming to town. I watched Jack Frost. I watched Rudolph twice. I think. Um, mm-hmm. I watched fucking Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, which is like it, it's too long to me. But uh, that's that's Morgan's favorite. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yes, I watched it. 
Um, but so I was just curious. So here I have a list. I actually have two different lists. Um, one is from the Wall Street Journal that goes over the most top 10 watched Christmas movies. Uh, and this is from a co- they drew this from a company called Samba TV, um, which collects data on what people are watching on their smart TVs. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is for the the holiday viewing between November 8th and December 11th, which may not be the most accurate, but I mean, I think it's, you kind of get a good idea, um, from that. Um, so number 10, uh, we could play the guessing game with this, but I'm, we don't have to, I, I'll say which movie it is. I'll, I'll say which movie it is. And then if you want to, you can guess how many people, how many streams there were of this movie. So number 10, the Holiday. Are you familiar with this movie? I don't think so. Uh, this is a movie with Jude Law okay. and Cameron Diaz, as well as Jack Black. Yikes. And I think Kate Winslet also. <laughs> yeah. I like the actors, but I don't think I would like this movie. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> it's, it's, so, like, I think it's like a, these, these two couples, like, swap partners or whatever so like cameron diaz is with jude law and ends up with jack black for a little bit or like vice versa um it's i, I i've never actually seen it so i don't know the premise um Seems it is like a, a holiday comedy it's a holiday rom-com um i hate it do you want to take a guess at how many streams i don't, I don't oh man i've never guessed this before i didn't know okay um, so how about this it's i'll tell you how many streams on this one and then the it's the top ten, so this is number ten, so it's just gonna keep going up from there, right? Yeah. So for this one, oh, hold on, one let me point, throw out a number. Yeah. I'm gonna say one million. I don't know. One point seven million. Okay. Uh number nine. Do you do you do you care to take a guess? No. <laughs> uh How the Grinch stole Christmas. Oh, that better be at least five million, or I'll riot. Two million. Yikes! The world is ending. This is and this is this is the Jim Carrey version, mind you. Oh, mm, okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'm thinking um, of like the cartoon. Right. Yeah. That, I, okay. So that's I'm not gonna lie. I don't clearly. even. I don't even know if that one's on this list. Yeah, it's number one. I'm pretty sure. Number eight. You you might be able to guess. The most debated Christmas movie ever. Die Hard. Die Hard. Uh, care to take a guess how many views? Three. 2.6. All right, that's close. 400,000 off. Okay, so number seven is The Noel Diary. It's a new movie that came out this year. Um, but apparently it had 2.8 million views. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't really know what it's about. Um, I think it's like this per, this this guy goes on a journey to like find his dad or something or like or like the the girl in the, the is the main character actually and like she has a diary and like looking for her parents and like that used to like work for this guy or something and now they like go on a journey i i don't i have no idea i'm not even gonna sit here actually and pretend to know i don't know the plot i just saw a preview and i was like 
All right, well, I'm going to go put on Elf again, so. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, admittedly, I just looked it up. I'm not interested in this movie at all. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> Fucking, this one gets me. This one is also a new movie. I saw it. It's not good. It's, it's, it's like, kind of funny in parts, but, like, it's, it's not a good movie, I don't think. Um, it's... I'm not even going to tell you which. It's Falling for Christmas. Uh, the Lindsay, the new Lindsay Lohan comeback Christmas movie. That sounds awful. Yeah. Uh, it was not good. Um, 3.2 million views on that. Yikes. Number five. This should be... I, I would assume this would be like further down like toward number one, but it's not on this list. Um, it's a classic. Would you care to guess? There's a lot of classic Christmas movies. That's true. This this one is pretty top tier classic Christmas movie though. It's not super old. It's about thirty years old, or actually 40, 40 years old at this point. Okay, hold on. Doing some quick. Uh, Are you like trying yeah. to research so you can guess it? Yeah, Scrooged. No. Damn it. I love that movie. I do love that movie. I watched that one too. I do really like that one with Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember his name and I pissed me off. No, so uh, I, number like, five. Up Groundhog Day and I was like, ah, Bill Murray, fuck. Bill Murray <laughs> Christmas went, movie, screw you. You went down the groundhog hole trying to get there. <laughs> uh, number five is A Christmas Story mm. uh, with 3.4 million views. Uh, number four is actually one I didn't watch until like a year ago. Morgan showed it to me, but I do really enjoy it now. Um, it's a newer one. This came out in 2008. Do you care to guess? Scrooge. <laughs> four Christmases. I fucking never watched that one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of charming. Um, it's, it's from that, it's like Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon from that, like, you know, semi-raunchy block of comedies that came out in the 2000s. Um, uh, that's 3.6 million. Okay. Number three is one I've already mentioned. Would you care? This came out in 2003. Would you care to guess? Scrooge. <laughs> Scrooge is not on this list. How about I just say that? I'm still guessing. Uh, Elf. Do you want to... So the last one was like 3.6 million streams. Do you want to guess how many Elf had at this point? Five. Higher. Seven. Higher. Ten. 7.9. Oh, okay. I was just going to get exponentially higher. (laughs) 11 million streams. Um... Number two. Now uh, we're get, we're in the top two now. What is the what was the second most stream movie? Do you think it came out in nineteen ninety? You know it. You love it. Santa Claus, or what's what, what was it called? What was the Tim Allen movie called? That was the Santa Claus. Also not on this list. Yeah. Hmm. I don't have a I don't have a, a a finger on the pulse of like society with like Christmas movies. Like I'm really, uh, like most of those fucking movies that you've listed. 
I fucking yeah. just don't care about. Um, Elf makes sense. I know that has a really huge cult following. That's the only, maybe one other movie, but like most of these movies, it just hurt in my head. I'm like, I, like I, I like feel like Lindsay only a... Lohan movie. Like, what the yeah. fuck? So I feel like a Christmas story and how the Grinch stole Christmas were probably appropriate to be on here. Nah, nah not the Jim Carrey version. I'm sorry. Really? I love. Oh man, no, I, I love that one. That's a top ten Christmas movie. I love. Oh, well, I love the. I love the cartoon also, but I do love the Jim Carrey version. I watched that I love like a both. day or two ago. Not top ten Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, me. well, number number two, it is pretty iconic. It's a classic Christmas film, Polar I Express? would say. Or no, that's not a Christmas No, that? No, no, no that came out in like, 1990? 1990. Hmm. Oh, Home? Really? Home yeah, Alone? Yeah, oh Home Alone. God. I don't even. I know it's a Christmas movie. I do not view that as a fucking Christmas movie. But I think Christmas. I don't think Home Alone. Uh, you know, you know, Die Hard. You know, it's a, a John Hughes movie. Yeah, that's not. It's just he not, didn't. He oh, didn't direct it, but he wrote it. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, he wrote it. Um, eight point four million views. And number one is also a John Hughes movie. Again, he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. Home Alone 2. <laughs> no. I've already mentioned this one also. We've, we've literally listed like 40 movies. <laughs> this is number one. Scrooged. No? Okay. Um, it's not Scrooge. It's never Scrooge. It's always Scrooge. Nightmare Before Christmas. I, how about this? I'll give you a hint. I've I've already said that this is my favorite Christmas movie. Wait, I thought it was Elf. What the fuck? No, no, Elf isn't my favorite, but it's it's like top three maybe. Top five. Yeah, I don't remember. I watched it like a dozen times in the past month. I feel like that's a clue more for you than it is for me. Have you been... (laughs) Excuse me for thinking that you listen to me, Adam. No, I listen. But that Uh, detail... Number one was, number one was uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, with really, eight, yeah, yeah, with eight point six million views. And again, this is between like November eighth yeah. and December eleventh. So I'm gonna be real. I never would guess that in a hundred years. And the reason why, even though you stated that, is yeah. because I've never watched that movie ever, and it just doesn't. If I'm going to be transparent here, and I apologize for apparently the oh a lot of people that watch that movie, National Lampoon movies have just never resonated with me. Well, they're not like the Vacation movies with Chevy Chase or the newer ones? Newer or old? I thought they were the older ones. 
I mean, there are older ones with Chevy Chase, but like, there are newer ones like like Van Wilder. Yeah, all of those movies never resonated with me. All of them. Yeah. Okay. I like the older ones. I like the vacation movies. I like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, I don't even know what they're doing anymore. They come out with basically I very... I will say, the artwork is um, super iconic. I've, I've just looked up the artwork for the for that movie. I've seen yeah. that a lot. Yeah, um, they have those... That's an inflatable now. I've seen a couple in a couple places for uh, decorations this year. Um Wow. So I I found... I'm going to be real with you. That's shocking to me. What? The decorations? That's the number one movie. (laughs) I don't know. Why is it not Scrooge? I don't understand. I don't know. You know, I I personally agree. I think Scrooge is a very underrated Christmas movie. I really like that one a lot. It's definitely... It's probably like one of my favorite um, Christmas Carol retellings. Mm Mm-hmm. Of which there are five thousand. A few. There's a few. There, there's like several come out every year. I'm pretty sure. Like it's they're actually kind of ridiculous. That is, I think that is the most retold story of all time. I would bet money. Um, I, I would. There's a lot of stories I, in the world. <laughs> I would. I don't, know. I don't give a shit. I think. I think that is the most redone, revamped, respun story to movie like of all time i can think of 10 versions of that movie just off of the top of my head and i'm sure there are more disney did one the muppets did one got one with bill murray there were like three that were from like the 50s or whatever that are really old um i'm glad you have it. the ghost of christmas the ghost of girlfriends past uh one just came out this year with will ferrell and ryan reynolds spirited uh, Chris, and then Disney did another Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. Um, yeah, dude, like it, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, I'm sorry, it pisses me off. I'm tired of that story. Like, I get it's it's valuable. It's a good story. I like the lesson that it brings. I like the themes. I'm tired of seeing it. I get it. If you're <laughs> Rich dude needs to stop being an asshole so he doesn't go to hell. Like that's the whole story. I think it's the most important story. That's that's fair. I'm not gonna argue with that. Need, I'm just we need rich dudes like fucking Elon Musk stop being a fucking asshole. You know? Yeah, like he literally put a price tag on what it would take to solve world hunger or like solve an energy crisis, and was like, "I'm gonna use that money to buy Twitter." Yeah, no, he. He's, I he's think actually it's a consistent a dude. point. We need to continue to drill within the head of our society until change happens. So I think it's a, it's necessary to tell over and over and over again. That's fair. I'm not going to disagree with that. So Given the state of our society. I, I agree. I do agree with that. Um, again, I value the story. I value the message. I'm just tired of seeing it. Um so I found another website. This is uh this is actually from statista.com. Um and this is this was logged in like on the 20th of December. So this is more up to date um about the most watched ones. So on this one, Home Alone is number 1. Oh, okay. That's um, so crazy. 
I'm just out of Dude. touch with like what people think of when they think of Christmas. Honestly, like when it comes to Christmas time, like Freeform and every other streaming platform is like, fuck it, play Home Alone again. Again. I like don't ever watch that movie ever. <laughs> if I'm being honest, yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> I I loved it when I was a kid. But, yeah. Like I don't want to like. But like yeah. I love seeing this 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 kid like set up booby traps. Like, my favorite was I saw an analogy on Twitter that is, like, very gung-ho that Home Alone is allegory for the <laughs> the, the Vietnam War. Like, it's weird. Go look that up, dude. That's is a whole acting? rabbit hole. No, that... They're making... That makes they're sense. Make, <laughs> that makes sense in my head. And that's really... They're making crazy. the comparison. Like, basically, it's like, yeah, this white kid is, like... Setting up all these booby traps to kill these burglars or whatever. I don't know. Like that. Apparently, that somehow is like. I mean, that's basically the only Vietnam War aspect I get to it. Um, hmm. So after that, after Home Alone is how the Grinch stole Christmas. Then a Charlie Brown Christmas. Then Rudolph. Then Frosty. So okay, Charlie Brown Christmas makes a lot of sense in my mind. So then the Grinch, like the 2018 version. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then a Christmas Carol. Like I don't know which one. On. What the fuck? Yeah, there were three different Grinches, man. Who is this? Oh no! <laughs> is this new information? Yeah, or I guess it's not. Probably <laughs> you not sound so upset. I'm being reminded by it. I'm sorry. Sorry, I did this to you. Yeah, yikes. Uh, the original's better. I mean, yeah, I do. I love the animated one uh, the, from back in the 60s. Um, but that being said, I do enjoy the Jim Carrey version. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm not but... saying it's bad. I'm just saying the original is better. I don't want to like so, uh, put it down and say they were not good films. I'm sure this Grinch film is also probably pretty good. I, I don't know. It's okay. I would have to compare it to like their... I haven't watched it. I've watched the Jim Carrey version. And the Jim Carrey version is still okay and good, but like I don't know, there's just some there's a quality about the animated thing that I think is just so. It's interesting. Captured. What's interesting for me is like the directors for the the, the other the, the newer versions. Like, do you know who directed the one with Jim Carrey? Uh, no. Opie. Ron Howard. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done a lot of movies. Yeah, he has. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know why I can't think of anything, but I know he has done several other big projects, and I mean, he still does a bunch of projects, and obviously his daughter is a fairly large movie star at this point. Um, hey, who's his daughter? Bryce Howard. Dallas? Wait. Hold Dallas? On. I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm looking through his Wikipedia. Give me a second. Oh, okay. He, he also did Solo. Oh, was that a Star Wars story. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Didn't know that. Um, so what gets me also... Bryce Dallas Howard! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Her middle name is Dallas. I forgot about that. Whatever. Um, 
Holy shit. Cool. I don't know, man. I don't... She's an average actress to me. I don't know. I mean, she's done some... She's been in a lot of uh, projects that I've been uh, pretty satisfied with. Uh, not always because of her, but she's been in a lot of really good projects, I think. Fair enough. I only really recognize her from the Jurassic Park movies and oh geez, yeah, that's definitely one episode of Black Mirror. Like that's that I I think that episode was fucking sick. I'm not gonna lie, that's probably my favorite thing I've seen her in. I think she did a great job in that. Huh? Did you watch Fifty Fifty? I did. Was she in that? Yeah, she's the asshole girlfriend who breaks up with the guy with cancer. Was that her? Yeah, I had no fucking idea. That was her? She's in a lot of good things. Yeah. Oh, she did do a great job in that movie. I fucking hated her in that movie. I, which is good. Yeah! That's a sign of a good actress. She also played actor in, in, in the general. same year she played The Help, uh, which is like a That's movie right. about... Uh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. I and forgot. she plays an asshole in that. And she's so good at being an asshole. It's she's great. good. She, You know what? My favorite roles are her being like an unlikable person, actually. Those are like but my favorite a, roles. There's a few other movies, I think. And it's worth pointing out. Lady in the Water. You ever watch that? Uh, nope. Oh, fair. Tim Night Shyamalan flick. She's the main character yeah. there. I think she does a good job. Uh, she was also in. Oh yeah, she was Spider Man Three. Gwen Stacy. Forgot about that. Holy shit, she was. Yeah. You just blew my fucking mind. I forgot about that. Like. And she was the main character in The Village, which is another M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> that's so weird. That's such a shame she couldn't have been in any good M. Night Shyamalan movies. <laughs> Wait, hold up. I actually think The Village wasn't bad. I thought it was good. It, it just was, was odd. It was advertised I mean, poorly. It was advertised as a horror movie, which it fucking wasn't. That's fair. Like, what was it? It was just like a suspense mystery yeah, it's like more people. so what it was, but because it was advertised yeah. as a horror movie, a lot of people were kind of pissed off. It's like, well, that wasn't really a fucking horror movie. What the fuck? That's fair. Uh, I digress, though. The 2018 Sorry. Grinch is what gets me, because the, the person that directed that was, like, I've never seen him direct anything. He's He was Kevin Smith's producer since the beginning of his career. Like, he produced Clerks. That was his first thing, and then did all the other pr- movies. And then just ended up getting handed The Grinch in 2018 to direct. Um, yeah. I thought that was odd. But yeah, so... And then, uh, again, Elf is after A Christmas Carol on that list. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. And then it just goes down and like it's it's all the movies you've seen. Like The only new movies on this are uh, that weren't already mentioned are like... Edward Scissorhands is on this list. Apparently, a lot of people watched Edward Scissorhands for Christmas. That's funny. And it's not really a Christmas movie to me, but that's not a Christmas movie. It's not. It has Christmas in the movie, but I don't think that makes it a Christmas movie. Um, yeah, that's weird. Like, no, whatever. So anyway, I digress. Those are the most watched uh, Christmas films um, of this year, apparently. Uh, ones that I have not seen yet. I I have not seen um, It's a Wonderful Life. I've not seen that movie. That is on my list because apparently that is... Holy uh, crap. That's actually... That kind of blows my mind. That I haven't seen that? Yeah. I uh, My mom watched that every year at Christmas. 
So I, I was kind of Damn. forced to watch it. It's, it's, I think it's a pretty good movie. You know, it's a real feel-good movie. Fair enough. And that's what I understand. I like Jimmy Stewart. Uh, I'm fine with old movies. Um, so I, I don't know, really. I just have never got a, around to watching it. I mean, it's referenced um, in numerous Christmas films. And it's talked about very heavily around this time of year, of course. Very um, good. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm i definitely I'm going to watch that. Yeah, that's a movie um, I would have felt like would have been streamed in this. It's what it is. Yeah. It was, and it was on that Statista list. Um, yeah. But it... I don't know. L- Lindsay Lohan beat it out, I guess. I don't know. That's wild. Um, kind of. No, so, I think realistically, and I don't know the logistics of this, I think uh, a movie like that is... Like, and just to kind of test my hypothesis... What's that? Yeah, you can't really. It's not on like um, any streaming platform or anything. Yeah, it's on. That's why. It, so it's on Tubi and Plex okay. and NBC, which are platforms that exist, and it's free. But realistically, not a lot of people are on these platforms, right? Yeah. So when when compared to like Hulu, Netflix, yeah. Disney, HBO, um, I feel like a like movie that. like that is it. If you could, I don't know. I feel like it's a Wonderful Life is a movie that's seen a lot, but I might be. Yeah. I'm totally might be just uh, biased because that's a movie I watch every Christmas. I don't know. Well, no, I I think you're right. I think it's definitely a Christmas staple. And according to this list, it's one, two, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it's number nine on this list according to Statista. To Statista for this mm-hmm. year so like a lot of people watched it which is really good considering it's not on any of those platforms yeah so like it means a lot of people were still looking for it um so i mean no i mean i definitely i would say christmas staple uh it's number nine elf is number eight <laughs> um <laughs> I, you know if if you haven't seen elf um Go watch it. I, I highly recommend it. I yeah, love that movie. I it's not because I like don't want to watch it. It's just there's mm-hmm. so many fucking movies. That's fair. Um, that's a movie I would watch like year round. I just think it's a really funny movie and it has great performances, um, good writing. Um, again, you know, depth to to the characters like and not not so much depth that it becomes like really artsy or anything like that but it, oh. no there's some depth of characters you really but care I about love the characters. artsy artsy stuff come on man me too me too but i also <laughs> love seeing will ferrell act like a fucking did i ever tell you person? i met will ferrell did you yeah, yeah yeah how was that it was weird he seems like a weird guy no the the circumstances were also weird how so it was at UNC Chapel Hill, and it was like a dance marathon thing. Basically, you just okay. had to exist in this place for 24 hours. And But they also said it was like a dance, where you like dance for 24 hours. But like realistically, you didn't dance for 24 hours. You did other stuff. And Will Ferrell came by and played basketball with us. <laughs> That's so weird. Right? The circumstances are so strange. <laughs> weird. Was it like that episode of The Office where like he plays basketball? I'm like, he's actually pretty good. Yeah, he's really tall, he? really fucking. Tall. He is tall. That's Holy fair. Shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Did you talk to him at all? Like, what was his personality like? He was just, I don't know, pretty cheerful. 
happy to be there. It's hard to gauge because I don't know how much of it was like a facade, you know, just like because he was there to kind of help us, motivate us, stay there for, you know, 24 hours. So I see a pretty good incentive. <laughs> Fair enough. Play basketball with Will Ferrell. Nobody, nobody like stroke out and like kill somebody. Or something, you know? I mean, I dunked on him, but it's whatever. You got 12 more. Did you really? No, <laughs> I can't fucking dunk. <laughs> I don't know why. I got really excited. Especially because, like, he's very tall and you're not nah. like average height. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. Um, all right, well, uh, that's all I got. That was just my little list for this year. Um, and that's pretty on par with what I watched, I would say. Um, so that wraps up the presents. Uh, and I think we move on to the future. Question mark? It's going to be short. However. Okay, cool. Good. In order... <laughs> in order to stay with the Christmas theme, yeah, I wanted to pick a movie in the future that really um, gives a lot of cheer and joy to the world. Okay, so that brings us uh, yes. <laughs> to the movie Oppenheimer. <laughs> okay, do you know Oppenheimer? <laughs> Do you know I'm unfamiliar with the project. Yes. Um, yeah. By it's the way, about... calling it calling it right now. Barbie's gonna take a shit on this movie at the box office. Yeah, that's fine. I'm just saying that, like, in terms of numbers, dollars, Barbie's gonna take a shit on Oppenheimer. Let me see. Because they come out at the same time, I believe. July twenty first. Yeah, they do. Same day. All right, let's put a five dollar bet on this. I'm I'm fine with that. All right, I'm gonna uh, say so Oppenheimer. I'm gonna say Oppenheimer is gonna outperform it. Are you gonna say opening weekend? Yeah, five dollars. I'll take that bet. Five dollars. I yeah. will send you my Cash App information. I'm just kidding. I use. You're just kidding. Uh, this is, or we just make, or we betting. No, uh, I'm betting, but I don't use Cash App. Okay. I use Zelle. So I'll send you that. Yeah, I don't, yeah, we'll figure it out. So for the uninitiated, Oppenheimer is about the American theo, uh, sorry, the American theoretical physicist credited with being the father of the atomic bomb for his role in the Manhattan Project, which was the development of nuclear weapons. And it has Yay. a fucking all-star cast. Like, literally every, like, literally everyone is insane. It has so many people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a quick roll call. You got your, your protagonist played by Cillian Murphy. Ugh, great actor. Yes. Emily sure. Blunt. Ugh, great actress. Okay. <clears throat> Matt Damon. Ugh, great actor. Robert Downey Jr. I I feel like I don't want to keep repeating myself. Florence, great actor. Florence, I just don't know how to say your name, your last name, but you're a great actress. Florence Pui? Is that? I, oh, I got to Google Florence, it. Just... Florence Pugh? Florence Pugh? 
Okay, let's see. Pew is correct. Florence Pew. Oh my God, great actress. She's young. She's got so much ahead of her. She's so great. Um, Rami Malek. Ugh. Uh, I don't even know what you're playing in the movie. It doesn't even say what you're playing, but you're in the movie. I love Rami Malek. Kenneth Branagh. Jeez, you are not fucking with me. Everybody's in this goddamn movie. Jack Quaid. Jason Clark. Alden Irritantrich. I don't know how to say your name, but I know you're a good actor. I've seen you in so many movies. <coughs> <coughs> Um, Gary Oldman. What the fuck? Oh my Gary god! Gary Oldman's in this fucking movie. Yeah, so it just has an all-star cast. Of Yo, how would you? Actors. How pissed would you be if like all these A-listers are like like Rami Malek literally Holy plays an shit. extra? And, like the last credit is like it's so weird. The last credit is actually so relevant, but like is the last credit Casey Affleck? Holy shit! Ah, uh, see, I I knew one of the Afflecks had to be in it if Matt Damon's in it. That's fair. Yeah, that's a that's a golden rule of film. A lot of people don't know. If Matt Damon's in a film, an Affleck has to also be in the film. That's just how it works. That's exactly how it works. So. Um, Jesus Christ, how mad would you be if like they just went all out for this movie, and even the extras are a listers, like the dudes in the background just turning knobs. <laughs> Just got Jamie Foxx as an extra. (laughs) (laughs) Will Will Smith as an extra. Maybe, what if, like, that's why Rami Rami Malek is not credited? Because he's literally just in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Robert De Niro. Just a random He's just in a lab coat, like, all blurred out (laughs) in the background, like, just writing on a clipboard. And that's all you ever see him do. (laughs) No lines. Nothing. But yeah, I don't know, it's a super interesting topic. You have a fucking all-star cast, in my opinion, in terms of just, like, talent level. Yeah. And then you have a pretty interesting premise where I've seen the initial trailers for the movie, and I I don't know much about his life, Oppenheimer, but it it seems like he was, according to the trailer, I I don't know the actual historical knowledge of i don't know the historical context of his life or anything but what's being portrayed is a person who did help develop the uh the atomic bomb but was also like deeply um like conflicted with the idea of making such a thing and that that's i don't know that's interesting sounds like super interesting like there's so much to kind of yeah. Um, dig into there. Yeah, so that's really exciting. I'm sure that's a lot. So, to, yeah, that's a lot to unpack. That yeah. is a movie I'm super excited about to watch next year. Yeah, I I'm I agree. I'd be very excited to see that. Um, I I mean I myself will probably go see that over Barbie, but I do think Barbie ultimately is going to take a shit on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll on. see. Opening weekend. We got a bet on it. We I'm done. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that wraps it up. Does it not? It does. Right on. Okay. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us 
on this eighth episode of Film Thropology, our Film Throw Christmas special. It was fun. I enjoyed having you guys. Adam, a pleasure as always. Um... Again, if you uh, if you guys are new or if you listen to a few episodes and you enjoyed the podcast, please uh, follow us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, YouTube. Uh, I'll send you my Cash App. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I'll also but... send my Cash App if you yes, want to send me money I'll... for any reason. Do it. Follow. We do that feeling. We do accept donations on this podcast. Uh, but th- again, thank well, you for joining us. Please give us I a like or follow. Donation. <laughs> no, like I accept donations. Like if someone sent me a donation while on, like on the podcast while I'm doing it, I would take it and I would like announce it. Also, <laughs> like yeah, you, I yeah, I don't know. I guess no, no one sends me. I'll money. take money. You, like I'll, I will take money. Be... I will make that clear. If you want to send me money. <laughs> I will accept it, <laughs> just so you know. All right. Well, um, thank you for joining us. Send us money. You guys have a good one. <laughs>